Your neighbor Jim figured out that with MetroPCS, he gets unlimited data, talk, and text for $30, period. Babe, that color looks awesome. Just like he figured out that shopping with his wife will buy him a night with his buddies. That's Guy's Night Out figured out. You too figure it out. Switch to MetroPCS on the fast 4G LTE T-Mobile network for only $30, period. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Plan includes first one gigabyte of data at up to 4G LTE speeds. See store or MetroPCS.com for details in terms and conditions and data management info. Hello again, everyone. I'm Joe Longinusa, welcoming you to another edition of Next on the T with Chris Mascaro. The show where industry leaders, golf professionals, and legends all come and discuss the great game we love so much. So without further ado, let's turn it over to our host to tell us who's next on the tee. Chris, take it away. Hey, thank you, Joe. Hello, everybody, and thank you for coming back and joining me today on Next on the Tee. We know you've got a lot of choices for radio shows and podcasts to listen to out there, and we really appreciate the fact that you've chosen Next on the Tee to be one of them. We are brought to you today by the great folks over at the French Lick Resort. You can find them online at FrenchLick.com. Our new friends over at the Leather Shop, makers of top-quality custom-made leather shoes. You can find them online at the-leather-shop.com. I am your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I'm excited to share three more great guests with you. First up is going to be Golf Magazine Top 100 instructor Brady Riggs. Brady has some outstanding tips to help us improve our games. He instructs players at all levels, from tour players to high handicappers. Does it look or act like a stereotypical instructor? And I read that he got some uh, interesting feedback once from another instructor about that, which we'll talk about. But Brady is going to be along here to join me in just a few moments. Following him is going to be Avery and Ivory Swag. Avery has won over 100 junior golf tournaments. And folks, she's only nine years old. She set the scoring record at the North Texas Junior PGA Tournament at eight under par, and that's the same tournament that players like Jordan Spieth, Brittany uh, Lang, and Hunter Mahan have played in. She's currently the number one ranked player in the world for her high school graduating class of the you know 2025, and she's going to be competing at the drive, chip, and putt competition at Augusta National here on April the third. So uh, we're looking forward to having she and her father Ivan, and his, you know Ivan also caddies for her. With, uh, we look forward to having them on the show here in, uh, in about uh, 25 minutes. So we're going to have a lot of fun today. It's going to be another insightful show, and I'm so glad that you're here to take the journey with me this morning. But let's start the show off right by helping you start your mornings off right, and that's by checking out our friends over at Aroma Ridge because they offer an array of the finest mountain-grown gourmet coffees that you're going to find anywhere. You can find them online at aromaridge.com. Their secret Hand-selected beans from a variety of coffee-producing countries from around the world. They roast those beans to perfection by their very own roast master. Their coffees are roasted specifically for you because it's roasted to order, folks. And if you like a little flavor in your coffee like I do, they have almost any flavor that you can imagine. Plus, they'll allow you to mix and match flavors if you want to create a flavor of your very own. They've also got a great line of biscotti cookies and uh, you know so many great things. And you know not only do they have great products, but they're also fantastic people as well. Check them out online at aromaridge.com. 
Next on the tee is also brought to you by our friends over at the French Lick Resort. Folks, you want to talk about a spectacular resort to both play golf and to just enjoy and relax relax for yourself. Well, you're not going to find a better place anywhere on the planet than the French Lick Resort. Go to FrenchLick.com and see for yourself how you can uh, book your trip and uh, all the wonderful things that they have available for you there. Again, FrenchLick.com. And oh, by the way, my friends, they have a casino right there on the property as well. We are also sponsored this week by The Leather Shop. Let's hear a word from our friends over there. Check out our friends at The Leather Shop the only company in the world with the ability to provide true, custom-fit, handcrafted, full-grain leather shoes and boots online. That's right, no need to leave home for quality handmade shoes. The best part? The models on their website are mere suggestions. You can request customizations to any design shown or submit your own unique design. No extra charge. For more information, visit our website, nextonthet.net and click the TLS logo on the bottom of our homepage, or to visit them directly, go to www.the-leather-shop.com and click your country's flag in the top left corner. That's www.the-leather-shop.com. Yeah, they've got a wonderful array of shoes and other leather products. Check them out online at the-leather-shop.com. And every week here on Next on the T, we like to kick off the show by saluting the brave men and women serving in every branch of our military. We want to thank all of you for the daily sacrifices that you and your families make to protect our freedoms and our liberties. We also want to thank our veterans for all you and your families have done for us over the years. It's through the strength of our military personnel that our way of life is even possible. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and the wonderful folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It is such an honor for us to have Next on the T be a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. Also want to continue to remind our veterans, be be sure to check out globalvoiceforveterans.org. What a wonderful site with a lot of news and articles and a wealth of information designed specifically for our veterans out there. I'm sure you're going to find it both interesting and beneficial. Again, globalvoiceforveterans.org. All right, now joining me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Brady Riggs. Let me give you a little bit of background on Brady. He's the Director of Instruction at Woodley Lakes Golf Club in Van Nuys, California. He is a golf magazine top 100 instructor. Over the last 10 years, he's published over 100 articles for Golf Magazine and Golf Golf Tips Magazine, where he's also a Senior Instruction Editor. Brady's students include PGA Tour, Champions Tour, Canadian Tour, Division I golfers, top amateurs, professional athletes, and up-and-coming juniors as well. And I am very honored that he has gotten up early this morning for me and joining me on Next on the Tee. Brady, thanks for coming on. How, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And Brady, I, I want to start our time this morning by really just, you know, how did it all start for you? When did you first start playing the game, and who was the person that put the, a golf club in your hands for the first time? Well, like so many people, Chris, uh, my dad took me to the range. Uh, that was my first experience. I was about 10 years old and uh, playing other sports at the time and just kind of fell in love with the game. I started competing at 11 and uh, kept playing all the way through high school and a little in college and then finally failed my way out of uh, competitive golf and was not really qualified to do anything else. So came a teaching professional. And, and Brady, you know, 
as I said, you're a top 100 instructor. Golf Magazine, you know, branded you that, and and I, I'm curious because it's such a it's such a fantastic honor to be recognized, you know, at you know amongst your peers and amongst the industry as as a top instructor. When they first let you know that you were going to be, you know, in their top 100, what's that like? That was pretty cool. I mean, it was um, something over the years. I've been I've been buying golf magazines my entire you know golfing career, so I've been seeing that list and. You know, never thought that was anything that was remotely possible. So uh, when I was when they let me know that I was going to be on the list, I was I was very honored and flattered, but um, also a little nervous. It's it's pretty uh, pretty esteemed quality of instructors that are on that list. So just being able to hang out with them and go to uh, summits with them has it's been really uh, been really a kick in the pants. It's been a lot of fun. And, and you know, to to your point, Brady, is, does it come with a little bit of pressure? Because you know, once you kind of reach that elite status, I mean, you know, it's got to be something you strive for every year. You, you don't ever want to fall off that list. Are you? Is it something that you're cognizant of? You know, trying to make sure you're doing everything you can to make sure you stay on that list. You know, I think it's one of those things that you. It's not really in your control, so. Um, I'm trying to do the best I can as I always have with my players and continue to try and help people play better golf. And I figure if I'm doing that and, and, uh, that's all I can really take care of, then, then hopefully I'll stay on the list. It's, it's been a lot of fun to be on the list. It's been very educational to be able to hang out and have great discussions, uh, with other people that, that love to do what I do. So I'm hoping that I stay on it, but if I don't, then, um, I'm sure there's somebody else very deserving out there. Brady, I read an, an L.A. Times article that they quoted you in, and, and it said, you love your job, but you're not always proud of your profession because more often than not, the information that people get, quote-unquote, stinks. You know, they quoted you as saying, it's bad out there. We fail our students way too often. There's no reason on earth to make someone confused, but it happens all the time. If you've got a good teacher, you really kind of got lucky. Why is it so bad out there? I don't know if our profession is just inherently bad, but I think I think there's uh, everybody thinks they know about the golf swing. I mean, if you go to any public driving range, probably any driving range for that matter, and you're you're watching, you're you're seeing amateurs help amateurs, and because everybody thinks they're an expert, um, you get a lot of people that are that become teaching professionals that that maybe you know aren't as qualified as they should be. And it's difficult. There's so many people that are teaching the game that it's hard to find one that is that is actually on top of the information and has has an opportunity that you'll have an opportunity to get better with. So I don't know. I think it's 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 one of the things in the game that bothers me. That and the fact that I think uh, the game needs to be much more inclusive of of everyone. Those are the two things. Two one of the, two of the main areas that I think we could really improve upon. So do you find sometimes that, you know, you'll get students and, you know, as when you're first meeting them and, and, and watching them, you know, take some swings and whatnot, you know, they've, they've worked with somebody else along the way and you really look at it and go, okay, you know what, we, we need to change everything here. Yeah, that's happened more than once. <laughs> and I'm, I'm probably sure that people have had my students come to them and maybe have felt the same way. Um, but I really ask people all the time, what are you trying to do? You know, what are you thinking about? Yeah. And a lot of times what they're trying to do wouldn't work. And that's frustrating because no matter how hard they worked at it, they weren't going to get better. So is that, you know, when you're going to, when you first start instructing somebody, is that really, you know, before you even get out to the range and take some swing and, and hit some golf balls, is that, is that how you kick things off? Do you, is it more of an interview up front? Like, you know, Hey, what are you trying to get out of your game? 
where where are you struggling today and kind of understand what their you know, what their thought process are and what their goals are before you ever hit a golf swing or hit a golf shot? Yeah, I mean, actually, one of the things I like to do is while I'm talking to somebody, I let them hit shots. And, and I'm letting them hit shots because I think it's more relaxing if they're doing that rather than, you know, getting grilled by an instructor. Plus, the shots they're hitting don't have a lot of pressure on them because they're talking to me. So it takes it sort of removes that that pressure of, of you know having to perform in front of somebody, which can be you know a little intimidating for someone. But absolutely, the interview process is really important. I want to know why they're there. I want to know what their goals are, what they can do physically and can't do, what their background is in other sports, how much time they have to, to dedicate. And and anybody that's going out there to take golf lessons from somebody, they should be getting those questions asked of them because without that information, it's very difficult to kind of formulate a plan and, and design a, a practice strategy that would help the player get better. And Brady, one of, one of the many tips that you have that I really like is one about how to, you know, prevent back pain. So many of us are, you know, suffer with back pain. I know I do. You know, we've seen guys throughout history, you know, like guys like Jack Nicholas and obviously more, more recently Tiger Woods deal with hip and back injuries. Talk about how we can reduce back pain in our swings. You know, there's some things you can do off the course, of course, that are, uh, you know, strengthening your core and becoming more flexible, especially in your hamstrings, hip flexors, even the quads. Those are important areas to focus on. Unfortunately, most players, including myself, don't love to do that. You know, it's not, we want to get to the course and go play. Um, so it's, it's not something that maybe we spend as much time on as we should. But when it comes to the swing, there are definitely some things that you can do that will help alleviate the back pain that you have and help prevent further injuries and a lot of it has to do with your posture through the ball and kind of a focus on where you are in the follow-through position so those are the areas that i would focus on with somebody if they're struggling with that issue and Brady also read that a fellow instructor once told you that they didn't like your goatee so i'm like what there's no room in golf for goatees what what kind of feedback is that that you know it's sort of i don't like how you look it was pretty pathetic. I mean, that was somebody that I had respected. Actually, much like your next guest, I started playing junior golf at a young age, and, and this was somebody who was heavily involved in junior golf in our Southern California section. And they uh, they asked uh, not so nicely what that was doing on my chin. And it really comes back to one of the issues I said earlier, which is the game, one of the things we're missing is we're, we're trying to grow this game, and we need to bring in people of all different you know, ethnic background, socioeconomic uh, areas, so that we can expand. And if we always stay uptight and we're always a, a game that people look as a kind of aloof and something for someone to aspire to instead of letting everybody come in and play, then that's the attitude we get. And I'm, I'm fighting every day to combat that attitude. I want golf to be fun. I want it to be engaging. I want young people that, that are doing other sports to see it as an alternative that they can play and it's safer. You know, they're not going to get concussions playing it. And I think it's, uh, I think it's really important that we expand the game rather than continue to close doors. Yeah. And to your point, right. You mentioned a few moments ago about being more inclusive. How do we go about making sure that the game is more inclusive and, you know, moreover, we, we start to inspire again, you know, we, we, we saw an influx to the game, you know, when Tiger was at his peak and, and now due to injuries and other things, you know, it, it's sort of beyond his peak, but how do we, how do we reinvigorate young people to want to get more and more, you know, involved in the game of golf? 
I think it's a challenge. I think the PGA of America is, is doing some things with um, trying to grow the game. Um, but we have to get kids in at a younger age. We need to start sort of in the elementary schools and, and be able to reach out to them and, and introduce golf to them. There's some great programs and different activities out there. One of them is called Snag, which is, you know, bigger club faces and bigger golf. We've got to make this game fun and, and sort of interactive and entertaining for the kids to get them out and playing. I think it's really important to do that. And even on the PGA level, where I'm currently a faculty member at, at PGA National helping people go through the program to become members, we're just not seeing enough women and minorities that are becoming PGA professionals. So we've got to do it on a, it needs to be a broad effort, uh, not just on the, on the player development side with young players, but also getting people that are professionals involved in the game that are of different backgrounds. Because if we don't, the game will, the game will eventually become um, smaller and we won't see all the uh, all the great possibilities that are in front of us with golf. It, it won't become what it could be. Yeah, and, and you know, as you uh, allude to here from a you know socioeconomic perspective, I mean, you're you teach out at Woodland Lakes Golf Club, which is a public municipal golf course, so anyone can go play there. But part of you know the challenge with golf is to make it more affordable and a game that more people you know can get involved with and play. How do we do that? I think it's hard. I mean, it's, it's an expensive game. I mean, I coach, uh, I actually coach high school soccer as well for girls. And the only thing you need to entertain 22 people is, is one soccer ball. I mean, that's not the case with golf. It's an expensive sport by nature. You know, we need to, we need to ask the manufacturers to get more involved and, and dedicate more product and more golf clubs to, um, to, to kids so that they can get out there and start playing. We need the golf clubs facilities to really open up their doors to get kids into the game that way. Uh, our local course here in Burbank, and I live in Southern California, does a great job of getting kids in. Any kid with a with a school ID can play golf free during the week, and I think that's wow. a great idea. You know, that yes. is, and we, we see a ton of kids up there participating in the game much more so than I see at any other course in the area because they've actually made it a priority to bring kids into the game. If we had a lot more golf courses doing that. And we had club companies willing to give clubs away, and we see we see golfers for life develop at a younger age instead of what we have right now. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic idea. I wish we'd see more uh, uh, you know public golf courses around the country embrace that idea. I think that's fantastic. And yeah, really Brady, are you, are you even at? Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish your thought, please. Well, what I was, was going to say is that at my course, we're, uh, we're a public 18-hole golf course right in the middle of sort of the valley, of San Fernando Valley. And, um, you know, we have all kinds of different play- people coming up to the course. And, and even my area where I teach, I teach with T-shirt and shorts on and usually play reggae music. Or, you know, we, we try and make it fun and light and entertaining and people come out there and they enjoy themselves. You know, and I think that's a huge thing to have. Rather than being so stuffy, we got to keep trying to bring people out. And this younger generation wants things faster. You know, they don't have a lot of patience, and they don't see anything as, as something that should be exclusionary. So I think places like where we are, what we're, we're trying to do at our place, and also the golf course, like I said, the local one that allows kids to play free, that's where, that's where the future has to come from. And Brady, talking about some of you know the folks that you're working with, are you able to talk about who some of the players out on tour are that, uh, that, you're, um, that you're instructing? Sure. I mean, I'll tell you about a couple of them that, that I've been teaching a long time. Um, one of them 
one of the kids I have is uh, he was a three-time All-American at Cal Berkeley. He was the Byron Nelson Award winner in 2014. His name's Brandon Hagee. He's on and off the PGA Tour right now. And I always like to mention the guys that I've worked with for forever. We were 12 years together. Um, he's a really interesting kid. He's uh, 170 pounds and 5'11". And every time he's in a tour event, he leads the field in, in driving distance, even past DJ and Bubba Watson and those guys. So he's very interesting. Wow. Uh, he's, he's, he's a kind of a case study in what can be done with technique and also some fitness. He's very into the gym, but he's not a huge guy like you'd see with Dustin Johnson, but he's able to hit it past him. So he's pretty entertaining right now. Yes. And then on the, um, uh, on the girls' side, got a bunch of girls that have been uh, – I play college golf. Uh, I've had a few over the years that have done really well that no longer work with me, which is sort of the nature of the business. Um, and I'm, my, my main focus with my teaching is player development. I'm always working with kids and helping them get to, uh, to get to college to play college golf. And Brady, um, one of the, the people that uh, I've read that you've worked with is one of our favorite guests here on the show, and that's Allison Kurt, who in her own right was the you know, LPGA Teacher of the Year last year. Um, talk about working with another teacher to try to you know, improve their game when they're also one of the top instructors in the game. It's really a blast. I mean, that's one of the most fun things that I do is, is I love working with other teachers because they're almost always asking the best questions. You know, I mean, they're, they're trying to learn not only for their own game, but also for their own teaching. Um, and that's why I dedicate some time with the PGA of America as well, because I, I, I just think that there's, there's kind of no better honor to have than to have another teacher professional trust their game with you. I work with a bunch of teachers, kids as well, which is, is also very flattering. So Allison's a great player I mean, she's a terrific player she's a great teacher and like so many of my students I steal from them as well you know it's it's something that I'm always learning from them just as much as they're learning from me so Allison's fantastic she's a she's a great player she's going to make some big waves in this industry over the next five to ten years you're going to be hearing more and more about her yeah she is fantastic we love Allison on the show and Brady you know I, I as an instructor you know, as a teacher of the game, can you share a story of when, you know, you've been working with somebody at, you know, at any level and suddenly you're able to recognize sort of that the light comes on and they start hitting better shots. What's that like for you? That's why we do it. I mean, that's why I'm getting up in the morning to go teach. It's, it's the most rewarding thing that you can do is help somebody achieve their goal, you know, and watching somebody go through something that maybe was a struggle for them. And then they turn it around. It's 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 just fantastic. I had a kid a couple of weeks ago who's trying to play college golf. He's a junior in high school, and uh, we've been working together about nine months now. And he's made great progress, but just hasn't been able to put it together, you know, in a tournament yet. He's had moments. And he was out a couple of weeks ago playing a tournament. His dad sent me a picture of him on the 14th hole with his head in his hands. He was just dejected and you know so frustrated, and and basically played a terrible round of golf and. They came out immediately, and we worked the next couple of days, and he was, he was just really down. And, and then the following week, he went out and won an enormous junior tournament here in L.A., the L.A. City Junior, which was very cool. So that's really what it's all about, you know, watching people go through the struggles of the game, which can be so frustrating, as we all know, but able to kind of turn things around and, and see, some, see some light every once in a while at the end of the tunnel. Is, it's awesome. It is, it is a great thing. That's fantastic. Uh, 
And Brady, when one of your students is out competing on tour and you're watching them play, whether in person or on TV, are, are you nervous for them? Do you find yourself getting emotionally invested in their rounds along with them? Yeah, it's horrifying. It's terrible. You know, I mean, you're, you're riding the emotional waves with them. A lot of times now, if they're on tour, they're, they're shot tracker online. So I tell all the parents, whatever you do, don't follow their, their kids online. It's terrible. You're watching the scores. You're refreshing every 30 seconds trying to see the next <laughs> shot or the next hole. Yes. It's just not a healthy thing to do. We all get stuck doing it because, you know, we care about our players and we want them to, want them to do well. But it's it's very tough. Yeah, it's not a fun thing. My daughter's competing now. She's she's a great soccer player, but she decided to switch to golf after a concussion, and she's going to play college golf at UC Irvine. And I hate watching her play. I mean, I love it because I love watching her play, but just riding the ups and downs of the game is, is really difficult as a parent. So I, I empathize with anybody whose child is competing, and they're trying to go out there and watch them. And just staying positive is the most important thing. You know, there's, it's not the end of the world. There's always tomorrow with golf, which we love. But it is. It's very nerve-wracking. And when you're when you're watching them, are, are are you making notes to yourself? You know, like okay, you know what? Next week we got to work on this, and we need to change that and the other thing. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's one of the. That's why I should be out there. You know, I should be out there to to compliment them on the things they're doing well and really focus on those positives because they're, you know, how tough golf can be. It's hard to find those positives. And, but then the areas that they're struggling in, there's no better way to help your student than to go watch them play or to go play with them. I mean, you will find out exactly what's going on with their game by just watching them play a few holes. So if I'm able to go watch a, a player play an event, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's the best source of information because even the player themselves sometimes is not quite in tune with what's actually happening. If they're hating a certain part of their game, maybe they put a little too much emphasis on it being worse than it actually is, and vice versa. If they think an area is really good, sometimes they're missing something in that area where they're not they're not performing at their peak. Being able to watch them play is just it's it's the best thing you can do as a teacher. And if you if you're out there taking lessons, drag your teacher out on the golf course for two or three holes instead of spending an hour hitting seven irons, and and your game will improve dramatically. And as as you sort of allude to there, Brady, you know, you know, complimenting the player positives. Talk about you know the mental side of you know mental approach as an instructor, because you're right, golf can you know is, is often a very frustrating game. It's a very difficult game, but the mental side, to, you know, to keep a player positive and you know keeping their mental state right. Talk about how you do that as a as a teacher. It's it's probably the most challenging thing about the game. You know, is to is to stay in the moment with your players, help them, help them able, get, be able to move past the bad and focus on the positive, focus on the good stuff. But it is work. It's something that we work on all the time in the lesson T and, and we do that through challenging practice sessions. I'll, I'll make sort of a contest in whatever area we're working on, whether it's putting or chipping or hitting drives, we'll put a fairway out there and we'll put a, you know, imaginary water hazard on one side and we'll help them go through the process of being stressed out. And, and having a little pressure with me making a point system or eventually talking some trash to them before they're going to hit it, telling them how bad they are, trying to get in their heads a little bit so that they can overcome those negative thoughts. And when they're actually outperforming, they know they've had success and they have some, some weapons to deal with it because golf can just absolutely break you down and you can, you can feel yourself sliding mentally. And you really have to practice those techniques. It's very important. And I think Allison is great when uh, when talking about that as well. She's great at that side of the game. 
I'm talking with Golf Magazine Top 100 instructor Brady Riggs here on Next on the Tee. And Brady, a couple more before we let you go. First, what, just to start off our rounds, what's a good warm-up routine to get ourselves loose and ready to play a round of golf? Um, you know, hitting balls obviously is a great idea, but just physically getting yourself prepared to play is great. Some dynamic stretching is awesome. I would go on YouTube if I was uh, if I was going to go play, and, and if you don't have a routine right now, find a dynamic stretching routine because it's very important to go through that to get your body ready to go. Much better doing that than going out to the tee and running out and hitting five drives. That's that's not the best way to prepare. So getting the body prepared is, is number one on the list. And then if you do have some time, going out and hitting a couple of little short chip shots and pitch shots is great. Uh, we find that to be a little more productive than just putting or just hitting balls. If you only have one thing to do, little short chips and pitches sort of connects you to the ground, and, and that would be a way, a way to get prepared to, to play. And, Brady, for, for those of us that are heading out to, to play a round of golf this weekend, can you give us give us a tip or two that might help us shave a couple of strokes off our scores? You know, there it just there's so many different areas you can improve on. I, th- I think one of the things I would have people do is find a specific target. You know, whether that is off the tee, you know, picking two trees to aim between that are off in the distance, and you know, hitting the shot into the green, you're going to aim 15 feet right of the hole in the shadow of the flag, hitting the chip shot, finding the place to land on with the shot. All those things really, really help. Being specific about your target, focusing on your target, and trying to see the ball go there can save you a ton of shots without having to change anything technically with your swing or with your game. We always like to do those things first because they're easier and they're very, very effective, and they also don't tend to make you worse, which a lot of golf instruction can do. So I would tell people (laughs) to find that specific target for sure. All right, that's great stuff. Brady, let our listeners know, how can they follow you both online and over social media as well? Um, I'm online. My website is BradyRiggs.golf, BradyRiggsGolf.com. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at Brady Riggs. And I do a Tuesday blog for Golf Magazine that starts at 1230 Eastern time. Uh, that's at Golf.com where I answer any swing question. Uh, I look at videos and I analyze videos. And that's really a fun interactive uh, thing for people to do as well. Nah, that's good stuff. Brady, thank you so much for, like I say, getting up early and being a part of the show today. It was it was great getting to spend some time with you. I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime to share more of your stories and your insights with us. You're fantastic. Thanks, Chris. I'd do it anytime, and uh, I just want to thank all those brave men and women out there serving us. Um, thank you guys and gals for, for doing what you do every day. Nah, thank you for adding that. Brady, again, thanks for your time. All the best to you and your family. I look forward to the opportunity to catch up with you again real soon. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. All right. Take care. That is Golf 100 instructor Brady Riggs. Some great stuff in there from from Brady. And, again, check him out online and on Twitter as well. I've got my next guest, Ivan and Avery Zweig, about ready to uh, join me here on the show. We'll do that on the other side of this word from our friends over at the French Lick Resort. Now's the time to plan that golf getaway you've been dreaming about at French Lick Resort. We have new Golf Academy packages for 2016, guaranteed to take your game to the next level. Try our one-day Quick Fix Academy for golf emergencies. For more in-depth learning, try the Game Changer, designed to make you a better player. Our staff professionals are ready to work with you at French Lick Resort. 
Did you know there's only one place in the country that you can play courses designed by two members of the World Golf Hall of Fame on the same property? The Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lick Resort make us an ultimate golf destination for 2016. Check out the Ultimate Golf Package, the Hall of Fame Package, and other great offerings at FrenchLick.com. Let 2016 be that year you finally take your dream golf getaway at French Lick Resort. Play the courses champions play. You're listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, heard around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Now joining me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Ivan and Avery Zwag. Let me give you some background on them. Avery is nine years old and has already won 109 golf tournaments. And to give you some perspective, folks, she's only entered 190 of them. So she wins 57% of the time. She's the number one ranked player in the world for the high school graduating class of 2025 on the junior golf scoreboard. Last September, she won her region for the drive chip and putt contest at Hazel Team National to qualify for the finals, which are going to be held at Augusta National on Sunday, April the 3rd. Avery holds the North Texas Junior PGA scoring record for any age or gender at eight under par, including having made a double eagle at the age of seven at Bear Creek Golf Club in Dallas. Avery holds a scoring record on the same tour that Jordan Spieth, Brittany Lang, Angela Stanford, and Hunter Mahan all played on. Last October, she fired a personal best 74 from the women's tees at Cheryl Park number 2 to win the North Texas Junior PGA by one stroke. She was the world champion at the World Star of Junior Golf last season. She finished second in the U.S. Kids World Championship and the IMG World Championship in 2015. And I am pleased that she and her father slash caddy Ivan are next on the tee with me this morning. Good morning, Ivory, or Ivan. Good morning, Avery. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I don't know how we can follow up that introduction. We may just have to. It's all downhill from there. <laughs> Pretty good. Thank you for the intro. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Avery, let me start with you. Since, since you're only nine years old, you, you, you're raking double eagles at age seven. Talk about, you know, going back, you know, when you first picked up a golf club. Um, well. When you were two. Oh, well, uh, I, I first started out putting because uh, if you can't putt, like putting can make up for a lot of bad shots. That's what we say. So, um, it was a very good experience for me uh, and a good sport for me to play because my dad had played almost every day. And in fact, he played so much that I thought he worked. He worked at the golf course, and I taught. I told my <laughs> preschool class that he worked at the golf course, but he did. Uh, yeah. Sales stuff there. So. Yeah. So I I told Avery I don't work at the golf course. I just play a lot and I have meetings there. And she said she looked at me all confused. It was really funny when she was two years old. She said that. <laughs> two years old, right? To your point, she she first started you know actually picking up a golf club at age two. Is that is that right, Ivan? Yeah. She uh so she saw me go, like like I said she saw me always going to the golf course and and uh, you know I'd have meetings there and then go play golf and. She said, I want to golf when she was two. I said, okay. And so I got her, a, I got her a putting mat and literally almost every morning before she'd go to Primrose, her little preschool, she'd say, I want to golf. And so we'd sit there and I'd say, okay, feet together. You know, she put her feet together and then left hand, right hand, I'd stand over her and make, you know, do her, help her with her posture. And within a few months, I mean, she was able to put them on her own. And by the time she was three, she could make the little five footers pretty consistently on that mat. 
And uh, but she thought so. But she, the funny thing is, she would putt for you know five, six putts, and then throw the putter down, and then be running around the house. But hey, you know, she thought she was a golfer, and that's what was important. So at the time, so and. And, and and to that point, Ivan, when did you first, you know, take a look at, you know, her skills and her ability and say, you know what, she could be pretty good at this? Uh, when she was, probably when she was uh, four, she was, a, she was a good putter, you know, for a four-year-old. And I know it sounds kind of silly, but even when she was five and six, you know, you'd get in these U.S. kids tournaments. And you, you, oh, you're, I'm, as the daddy caddy, you're all excited. She's got a 10 footer for birdie and launches it 15 feet past the hole and then four feet short on the way back. So you're like, oh my God. So, <laughs> but, but comparatively, you could just tell. And she always, to this day, is very, very attentive, um, even to her father slash caddy, but especially to her instructors. And when she, I would say when she was six, when she was really starting to play decent and she got in her first couple of bad situations. And I, like one time she had a fried egg and I showed her how to, I just explained to her how to hit it. She had never worked on hitting fried eggs before out of a bunker and she hit it perfectly. And then, you know, like a punch shot, she, you know, usually when they're little and they're good players, they're right down the middle. They're never in trouble. So one time she was in the trees and just me explaining to her, put it back in your stance hold your finish so you don't lift it up in the air, you know, that kind of thing. And she executes, I mean, I don't know adults that could do that with me giving them as much explanation as possible. They couldn't do it. So it was, that, that was probably when I was like, we're on to something here. So. And Avery, what, what do you enjoy most about playing the game? Well, um, I'm, I'm very competitive whether it's homework or schoolwork or another sport, I, I want to win. Um, that that and um, I get to meet new people around the world. For example, uh, I met this girl named Chanel. She's from Africa, and without golf, I would have never been able to meet meet a person that far away. So th- those are essentially my two favorite things about golf. And Avery, as as I was, you know, kind of watching some of the videos of you online, and as I mentioned in the in the intro, you made a double eagle at the age of seven. And not only did you make a double eagle, you made it by driving the green and then making the putt. How how does how exciting? I mean, an albatross is something we all want to make. I mean, we, we go through most you know most people go through their whole golfing lives without having made one. You made one at age seven. What do you remember about that? Oh, I, um, I remember it being really windy outside. It was just a normal NGBGA tournament until that happened on the first hole. I hit a good drive, and it bounced up the hill to five feet, and I hit a good putt, and I made the five-footer, and I was I was really excited. First, I asked my dad if it was a par four, and then and then I had played the um, this, these little putt-putt putt games on my iPod and known it was an albatross. For some reason, um, <laughs> she'd never have known the word albatross otherwise. So, video games are good for something. <laughs> Indeed. And and, and Ivan, I know this this sounds crazy because Avery's nine, but do you have like equipment companies and high schools and colleges? You know, let's kind of say, quote unquote, courting her already. Uh, it's it's kind of funny because. We wanted, we're moving close to the golf course. We're moving in about a month. And um, uh, 
we wanted to meet where we're narrowing it down to a couple of high schools and there's one Allen high school that has a great program. They're, you know, they're every year they're in it. And I'd like her to be around, you know, I don't think it matters for her specifically, which team she's on. I think she, you know, as a medalist, she'll do well regardless, but it would behoove her to be uh, playing with, you know, other good players that really care about the game and, and in a program where the coach really cares. And so long story short, we asked the, to meet with the coach and she didn't reply to me for like a week. And I thought, wow, it's kind of weird. And, uh, but she said, I'm really, she was so polite. And, and she said, I had to check with, uh, I don't know who, well, the UIL or somebody, she had to check with them to make sure she was allowed to uh, talk to Avery. Cause when they're in middle school, they cannot talk to them. So she's actually so young. Uh, the rules kind of don't apply yet. Um, and so she came out and watched Avery and we're, so we're very excited to be going up there into the Allen ISD and, you know, playing there. But yeah, we haven't had a lot of interaction with college. Um, and we do get some equipment swag. <laughs> um, and they, they're allowed to be on, I don't know what the exact rules are. She hasn't gotten that much, but I know they, they have junior staff programs, but it's usually once they start getting an AJGA that the equipment companies really start paying attention. Uh-huh. And Ivan, she's, she's, like I said, she's played in 190 golf tournaments already, which is a lot of golf for someone who's just turned nine years old. How do you balance for her golf and school and really just time to be a kid? Well, that'd be a good question to ask her too. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I am not, uh, I played professional baseball and I played in college and, you know, I didn't have someone standing over me telling me you've got to do this, this, and this. And so I pretty much am the same way. She's either got the fire, excuse me, or she doesn't. So, and she does. And, but I will say we, there's some stipulations. I ha, we have to kind of lay out her schedule for the week when the, before the week starts and say, Hey, we're going to do this, this, and this. And she has to buy in. And as a normal kid, she doesn't really like when there's a deviation on the schedule. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, you can't help it. <laughs> um, but, but man, you know, we, we really don't, we don't, um, I, I, I don't want, I hate to even say this because she does work extremely hard, but we're very big on uh, quality, not quantity. So we'll go out there for an hour and a half or two or hour to two hours. Sometimes it's just an hour, depending on what else she's got going on. But we're, we're not out there banging on balls hardly ever. And we're, and when we're out there, we're, you know, there's a purpose for what we're doing and, you know, it's, it's, you know, we practice three or four times a week. And during the school year, she plays on Saturdays and Sundays if there's tournaments. And that's what she loves to do. So all right. I'm all for it. And, <laughs> and Avery, as I was reading your bio, I read that your favorite male player is Jordan Spieth. And having, you know, been in the same, you know, area of the country where, where he, you know, kind of grew up and, and played his junior golf. Have you ever had a chance to meet and talk to Jordan? Um, I haven't, but, uh, there's a good possibility I will after the dry chip and putt happens, but we're still going to be in Augusta a day later. So I think, I think he's going to meet me, um, that day. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I bet you are. And, and, and Avery, as you talk about, you know, participating in the drive chip and, and putt contest here in a couple of weeks at Augusta National, how excited are you to get the opportunity to be a part of that competition? I'm I'm very excited. Uh, not not a lot of girls get to be there, let alone just play. So if just going there and not winning, it uh, it's like a win. And if I do win, it's just 
it's just, it just makes it even more fun. Yeah, to to that point, Avery, win or lose, is getting back there now every year for the next several years, is that one of your goals now? She's thinking. Um, <laughs> if you could see the, the thought cloud above her head. It, it could be, but that's a very big goal. I I think if I just try my best, I can I can achieve a lot, and it it can be. She and doesn't Ivan, like to mouth her. She doesn't like to mouth herself, Chris. So that's why she's being like that. She's she's learned <laughs> from the Bull Durham school of cliches not to mouth herself. <laughs> so you know, I'm her Crash Davis. So. So, so Ivan, do you do you guys get to go down there early and and practice on you know on Augusta Nationals you know the 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 range that they have set up for this competition? Uh, you know that would be awesome, but no, um, they do have some pretty cool stuff set up though. There's a very uh, nice reception the night before, and you know apparently like Lou Holtz and Condoleezza Rice and and other members are there at the reception what and there's a pizza and ice cream party after yeah she's more excited go. about that <laughs> but but yeah so, there, so there's a very cool reception and they all get all they all get all gussied up and and um get to hang out with their friends and um i believe billy Payne, you know give a, a speech and apparently gave a really good one last year because a couple of avery's friends were there last year and uh but no so 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 there will be that and then they kind of get ushered in there. They have an hour to practice. Um, and talking to some of the guys from last year, you know, that's a little bit sketchy because it's, it's kind of a whirlwind and they're very, you know, they have you going kind of in a straight line. They, we need you here, here. They're, as you can imagine, they're very, very well run. And um, it, we're, just, we're just along for the ride and we're just going to have a good time no matter what. And if she gets – if he, all she has to do really is just – relax the best she can and get her putting spe- uh, speeds calibrated and she'll be fine because she loves fast greens. So that, that we won't have a problem with that because they're supposed to be very fast. And Avery, so looking at, you know, all the aspects of your game, what would you say is the best part of your game? Putting. Oh. Because, there you go. Uh, so that's going to be important when you get there. So good for you. Thank, thank you. But I, I love putting, and it's just my fav- the, the favorite part of my game because it's the first thing that uh, that was an aspect of my golf game, and it grew from, from putting to chipping to hitting balls. And I, I still just love putting the most. And, Avery, you've certainly won the majority of the tournaments that you've played in. You're sort of like the young lady version of Tiger Woods. How do, how do, you, do you feel like you should win? Every tournament, or do you just sort of go out there and have fun, and whatever happens, happens? I I don't feel like I should win any ter- tournaments because some were just out there to learn. Like I've played in two where I have to caddy for myself, push the cart for 18 holes, and yes, I have a chance to win, but we were going to be okay if I did my best and um, I didn't win, and we were just out there to learn and see what would happen. So that's fantastic. Yeah, she played against. Uh, she's played over Christmas. She played in two different tournaments. There, one was thirteen uh, U, I believe. The other one was fourteen U out in Arizona. And I think she thought the the lady that runs the tour there thought we were crazy. But I said, you know, <laughs> she'll have fun. 
she won't embarrass herself. I promise. She she knows the rules. She'll be fine. It's, you know, I don't know what she'll score. And man, she was she was two strokes off of coming in third place. She got seventh in the one in Arizona. And I I was just floored. It was so fun. I was so nervous and and almost miserable prior to her teeing off. But after about three holes, she completely knew what she was doing. We we made notes on each hole in our practice round, which was essential. And, you know, so she had a specific uh, intermediate point and a line on every hole off the tee, so she knew where to aim. And then the rest of it, you know, there was multiple times where she had to call an audible because she was offline or whatever. And a couple of times she had the wherewithal to lay up rather than, you know, hitting a 140-yard shot into a bunker that she had no chance of getting to the pin. You know, she laid up and then she made par one of the times. I was I was really excited when that happened. I mean, that wow. you can't. You can't, you know, you can teach them all you want, but you can't really make them learn it. They either want to do it or they don't. And she just, she had, like I said, I've been able to explain golf shots to her or explain what what to do with a club in your hand on a specific kind of crazy golf shot. And she can execute them. And she's got a very high golf IQ. So I think that's a good, you know, potential recipe for success in the future. Yeah, no doubt. And Ivan, as as the father of the most dominant player out there, are, are other parents genuinely friendly or do you, you sort of get the cold shoulder because she is winning so often? Well, you know, it, it, it uh, for one, there's lots of great players out there. So Avery does win a lot. Um, uh, you know, on the national scene, she's got, there's a handful of really good players that are her age and they're all, duking it out back and forth and some of them have good days and some of them have bad days. Um, I think in general, other than maybe one, one family that, you know, everybody else really gets along really like, they really like each other. They truly enjoy the travel and then they get to, you know, the girls, they, they, you know, we've gotten it to where they can play practice rounds without it turning into playtime, you know? Um, And uh, so, so they, 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 grind it out during their practice round and then we let them go wheels off during the practice rounds afterwards, you know, and they can go play and go swimming or whatever. And, um, so that, you know, that they really, it's almost like, uh, uh, you know, fraternity for the boys or sorority for the girls, they really have their own set of friends because a lot of them are spending a lot of time on the course. And so they don't do some of the other activities that other kids would do. Um, you know, if they don't have any sport that they're into or working on. I'm talking with Avery and Ivory Zweig here on Next on the Tee. And a couple more before we let you guys go. Avery, you also do some very cool things for charity, particularly the Win Green for Carson Cancer Fund. And Carson's a two-year-old boy from Louisiana who's recovering from cancer. Talk about the things that you're doing to help support him. Well, uh, his name is Kaysen. <laughs> Sorry, oh. it's Kaysen Sorry. Crow. That's okay, it's okay. Go ahead. And um, he's he's a two-year-old boy with cancer, and he's with St. Jude. They're they're an incredible incredible organization, and he's on the road to recovery. And but uh, they have some medical bills to pay off, so I'm trying to raise some funds for him. If you if you want to donate now, uh, we're doing a pledge drive. Uh, if you want to donate now, go to WinGreenForCason.com or yeah, or you can you can, so you can go to windgreenforcason.com, um, and that's a pledge drive. And on the pledge drive, you can pledge anywhere from two to twenty dollars. And your and Avery's got her schedule up there, and um, 
they can pledge you know anywhere from two to twenty dollars and it's based on her schedule if she wins they pledge the full amount if she's on the medalist stand and basically second through fifth um, they pledge half and if she comes outside of fifth place then we're out of luck for that one so she you know she raised um, a, a, you know almost ten thousand dollars last year doing this by herself and the cool part is this year some of her the golf sorority I alluded to earlier excuse me, two of her good friends wanted to, wanted to participate. So now it's Avery and um, two of her, her uh, best, you know, golf friends that are playing with her and they're, they're collecting pledges in their area for the same little boy, Kaysen. And also off of that, since we've had it on social media, we've had two other little boys that said, Hey, we want to participate. So, you know, the hope is maybe this will turn into in a year or two, We'll have elite players all over the country playing for one one participant that's in need um, per year. You know, you never know what it could grow to. But Avery really right. wanted Avery wanted to do something for uh, 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 the person last year that we we did it for, and and that's kind of how it started. It was really her initiative and her, hey, how can we do something for Mr. Jeff? And and that's how it kind of evolved. And how did you get involved with Kaysen? Well, uh, I, I played baseball in college. One of my friends from LSU, he's he uh, great pitcher, Rick Green. Um, he started a, a cancer foundation called the Two Seam Dream Foundation, and he started seeing some of her social media posts last year. And he actually asked me, said, "Hey, you know, will she wear my logo on some shirts?" I said, "Sure." You know, I, I don't know what that's going to get you. You know, she's got a decent following, but you know, it's not like uh, having tiger or something wearing it, but, you know, but, uh, we, we joked around and then, and then I swear the next day we went to a fundraiser for the custodian at her school, Mr. Jeff, who was the one last year she played for. And, um, you know, it was just, they, they did a good job, a lot of effort, but they didn't raise as much money as we thought we could do. And, um, and Avery said, how can I want to do something for Mr. Jeff on my own? How can we do that? And then, we were driving home, and I just said, let's call Rick and see if we can put something together. And, and kind of the rest is history. We called Rick Green, and, and we put this campaign together. He's really been helpful in making this happen and goes through his charity. And then, and then obviously, all of the proceeds go straight from him to, um, to, to the recipient. And, Avery, as you look out through the rest of uh, this year, what are some of the events you're looking forward to playing in? Well, definitely Augusta. Um, World Stars, IMG, uh, Pinehurst for U.S. Kids World Championship. Uh, Those are your three. That's so. That's kind of the gauntlet there. Those three uh, in July. They're they're back to back to back. It's three World Championships in a row. IMG, then uh, World Stars in Las Vegas, and then uh, actually this year there's a week off, and then then they go to Pinehurst, and that's Pinehurst is really the big one. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's in Pinehurst and it's U.S. kids and it's, they'll have probably 70 or 80 kids in her flight and uh, very, very hotly contested and they're from all over the world, all over the world. And Ivan, before we let you guys go, let our listeners know how they can keep track of the things that, uh, you know, both you and Avery are doing online and over social media as well. Great. Um, thank you. Uh, so you can go to Facebook. She's got a fan page, Avery's Wide Golf. Um, and then her Twitter handle and Instagram are both at Avery Zweig. It's 
uh, A-V-E-R-Y, Z is in zebra, W-E-I-G. And again, in the, the Win Green for Kaysen campaign, it's wingreenforkaysen, C-A-S-O-N, dot com. And um, we'd love it if people could pledge. Um, it's been very successful thus far, um, the last couple of weeks since it started. So we'd love to get as many pledges as we can for that wonderful family in Monroe. That's great stuff. Avery, Ivan, thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to be a part of the show. It was, it was great having you here. Best of luck at the Drive, Chip, and Putt Contest at Augusta National. We're going to be watching and rooting hard for, uh, for both of you. So we look forward to seeing you, seeing you be successful there and, and enjoying the game. And uh, we look forward to you know, watching you, as you, you know, Avery, as you grow and develop throughout the, the course of your golfing career. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Chris. Absolutely. Thank you guys as well. Best of luck to, to, to both of you and all the best to you and your family. Hopefully we get the opportunity to catch up with you guys sometime later in the year. Love to see how you guys are doing. Anytime. Just, uh, I know her, I know her PR guy, so that's me. <laughs> just, anytime we'd love to come on. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. That is Avery and Ivory's, or Ivan Zwag. Avery and Ivan Zwag. And I tell you what, folks, you want to talk about what a, what a wonderful young lady and a, and a great father that she's got there as a, as a coach and a caddy. And, boy, you want to talk about a successful run. 109 golf tournaments won already. She's nine years old. Amazing. All right, folks, it's time for me to put a bow on this episode. Before we close up shop, I want to remind you about our friends and partner, PGA Tour professional Jim Estes and the great folks over at the Salute Military Golf Association. Let's hear from Jim about the great things that they're doing. The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country. Hi, I'm Jim Estes, PGA Golf Pro and co-founder of the Salute Military Golf Association. With my adaptive golf program, we've successfully helped thousands of soldiers in their recovery, both mentally and physically. The SMGA has been providing family-inclusive golf experiences across the country since 2007. To date, the SMGA has equipped more than 1,000 warriors with properly fitted golf clubs and has extended its clinic series to more than eight chapter and affiliate locations across the U.S., If you are a wounded veteran interested in participating, or if you'd like to learn more about the Salute Military Golf Association and find a chapter closest to you, visit our website at smga.org. We've seen firsthand how impactful golf can be in aiding one's recovery. The Salute Military Golf Association, empowering wounded veterans one fairway at a time. Visit smga.org. That's smga.org. Yeah, they're doing some amazing things at the Salute Military Golf Association. Please, to find out more information and how you can get involved, go to smga.org. All right, everybody. My sincere thanks again to Brady Riggs and Avery and Ivan Zweig for making today's show so much fun for me to be a part of. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Please also check out our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me, my co-host, Bob Lazari, and our announcer, Joe LaGenusha. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch us on the Armed Forces Radio Network as well as Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio. Tune in. We're all across the net. Uh, That show, like this one, like I say, is also available. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Player.fm, SoundCloud, our friends over at Podbean. We are everywhere. Please Check us out. Let us know what you think. 
uh, you know, on Thursday night tailgate, we talked to legends from around the NFL and the CFL. So we do a very similar for, uh, format than, as we do here on Next on the T. You can find us on social media, right? You, we've got Thursday night tailgate and Next on the T with Chris Mascara. We're on Facebook. Please uh, check out our Facebook page. Give us a like. That's important to us as well. You can find our site, nextonthetea.net and thursdaynighttailgate.com. From those sites, you can stream or download any of our archive episodes for free, folks. Plus, keep up to date with who some of our future uh, guests are going to be as well. Thank you again for choosing to listen to this show today. We appreciate you guys the very most. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. You've been listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro. Where PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors, and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Saturday to hear more stories about the game we love. From the people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about the great game of golf. of a drill instructor directing a musical. Town hut! Get those tap heels in line and let me see those jazz hands! Are you bundling your home and auto insurance through Progressive? Can you hear me through those sequins? Bundle your home and auto through Progressive and save. Left, left, left and step ball change. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. Home insurance provided and serviced by other select insurers. Great things are happening at your friendly neighborhood Safeway. Stop by and see all the things that make a supermarket just better. Like new low everyday prices on family favorites. Shop with your club card and pick up bananas for an incredible 48 cents a pound. And for an easy, delicious dinner, get whole roasted chicken for only $4.98. Bigger selections, friendlier smiles, lower prices. Safeway, it's just better. 